This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say, what's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half-time, but I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. It's a little bit too short this time. That's gone a little bit too long there from my off. And it's come through a chance now for Aguero. Aguero looks to try and get through. He's just checked his run. He goes to goal now. His shot will be saved by Wildsmith. And it's a good save getting down to his left-hand side. Didn't really get the power behind it. And Wildsmith was equal to it at midfield. Back again. Salo plays it into the feet of Aguero, just pressed to flick it around the corner. Comes inside towards David Silva, they're spreading the play. And now Mendy goes for goal and he rattles the woodwork this time. That's a really vicious shot that was screaming in towards the goal. Again, Wildsmith didn't get to it, but the woodwork rescued it for Sheffield Wednesday. He really cracked that right against the angle of the, the post and the bar. What a shot that was. He would have took his hands off if Joe Wildsmith would have got to that. Got no chance with it, but uh, fortunately, another shot hit the woodwork, bounced away. They're starting to get into a few areas now, a few gaps appearing. The ball just played backwards, goes into the feet of Mendy. Plays it inside now for Rodri. He's coming forward and he's worked it away towards David Silva. They go for goal. That's another great handler for Wildsmith who makes the save. Good goalkeeping for the Sheffield Wednesday stopper. On his first outing of the season, I think he's uh, acquitted himself very well. That's his first real save of note tonight, but uh, he was in the right position to make it. Yeah, gets down there to his left-hand side. Strong wrist. Mendy will try and plant it into the air. He's found Aguero. He's made the save, but it's gone through Joe Wildsmith. He made the initial save, but didn't get enough on it. And it just sort of squirms through and into the net of Manchester City. In the 52nd minute, have finally managed to make the breakthrough in front of their own supporters. To be fair, I think Joe Wildsmith's really unlucky there. He gets down well, gets his hand to it. He's rebounded, bounced up in the air and spun behind him. Swung in there, that's a flat delivery. Went to get something on it, but they haven't cleared the lines. And the save is made by Wildsmith. They still haven't cleared it, and it will be another save for Joe Wildsmith. Well done from the keeper that time. It was uh, Otamendi, was it, who just put the ball in towards the keeper. He managed to smother it. 
I don't, you, you can't not Wednesday tonight. They've done everything that they possibly could. Yeah, it's all over. Uh, against a superb football side and a superb football team. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday week. My name is Victoria and I sound probably a lot happier than I would have done on Tuesday night. So I am joined tonight. There's just the three of us, a little throuple to keep your ears happy. Um, we've got Dave. Hi, Dave. You all right? I'm very well, Victoria. Are you well yourself? Oh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm okay. How, how are you feeling about things in the football world in general? It's or do we just not even go there? To... No, it's, I think <laughs> it depends on what Wednesday has turned up or what game, but it can, it's one good day, one bad day, and one day and different in between. But uh, we'll try and see the positives tonight, shall we? We shall. And Ben, good evening, the baby of the podcast. How are things yeah. going? Uh, good, good, thanks, yeah. You, you enjoying your football at the moment? Probably playing more than watching, I'd imagine. Yeah, um, quite getting quite lucky with games that I'm missing at the moment, going off at half time <laughs> and stuff, and, it, and, and hearing, oh, it's 2 0, oh, it's 3 0, oh, it's 4. And then, yeah, so I, at the moment I'm feeling quite lucky that I seem to be missing worse ones and, and falling in fairly lucky on ones I'm going to. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, then, both. Well, we'll kick off, obviously. I have to take us back to the travesty that was. Well, it wasn't a travesty, was it? I'm saying that like we deserve something out of it. The absolute shit show that was Saturday afternoon. Um, mm. Obviously, I was there. It was one that you were both quite fortunate enough not to go to. Um, do we do we have any overarching comments about this game? I feel like we don't really need to go into too much because I think everyone who, was, who is listening to this or whatever knows that it was crap. So, Dave, do you have any... Any overarching thoughts about the whole thing before we delve into some individual performances? Um, I think I feel partly responsible um, for my positivity last week, thinking that off the back of the Charlton game, off the st- the small step from Birmingham to the, to the small step from Charlton, we had a feeling that we was going to be going in the right direction and we just went full Wednesday, went back the other way. Um, um, full Wednesday, I love it. <laughs> This is just this is what this is what it is at the moment. It's it's it's, it's all or nothing, and uh, ah, aye, it's uh, it was was it not a better second half than first half? Should we should we try and find that positive? No, let's not that? even let's not <laughs> even that. I think one of the things that um, my friend Andy mentioned a few weeks ago at the match was that, and I've, I've said this a few times on Twitter, and probably not giving him the credit for it, but. Supporting Sheffield Wednesday at the moment and going to Hillsborough and everything that goes around the football ground, whether it's even ordering a coffee and burning your hand or whatever, it's like being in a metaphor. There's just nothing. It's just everything is just like, well, of course it is. It's typical. It's the Wednesday way. It's how things happen. Um, Obviously, one of the big things on Saturday for me, um, I don't know about you guys, but I have never seen Wayne Rooney live before. Um, I think I don't know what it is. I, I think it's just it's just a football fan thing, especially if you support a lower league, well, not a lower league club, but you know, a club that's not Man United. You very rarely see players like that live. I can tell you the games that I've seen Beckham live. I've seen fake Ronaldo live once for Man United. Um, I've seen, 
you know, I remember a young kid called Michael Owen coming on for Liverpool when he was 16 and absolutely hammering us at Hillsborough. I can remember all these things. So for me, seeing Wayne Rooney was a bit of a, a bit of an exciting situation. Um, I know it's a bit of a cliche with Derby. Obviously, they're not Frank Lampard's Derby County anymore. But have you seen it back, Ben? What did you think to him? Um, well, closest I've ever come to seeing a top-level player batter Wednesday with Jesse Lingard playing for Birmingham on his debut, scoring four yeah, passes. Yeah, so Simon uh, mentioned that last night. <laughs> I, I forgot all about that. That's that's as close as, I, as I've come to anything like that. But yeah, it's it's one of them where every every fan's gonna be concentrating on him during pretty much every game that he's going to be playing in, just because of what he's done and, and who he is. Which rightly so, when he's done all the things he has. I think it was quite nice as well, the reception that he got at Hillsborough. Um, I know there were a few tweets going around beforehand about, you know, don't boo him and whatever. And I think he got a bit of stick um, when he, he made a couple of dives in the corner flag area. And, you know, he got the stick that he would have got. And, you know, a lot of things chanted about grannies, etc. cetera. Um, mm-hmm. But all in all, he got a pretty good reception. And I think it, it was nice to see that. But it's got to be said, guys, I've run faster for the bus. <laughs> you know, he he doesn't even play. How old is he now? I don't know if either of you can Google quickly. I think he's about I know 24. I'm around and I'm pretty sure he's a couple of years older than me, like school years. I'm pretty sure I'm the same age as his wife. I could be wrong by a couple of years there. But he he didn't seem He's as 34. Fitting. 34, yeah. So yeah. Um, he... For me, you know, when you compare him to someone like Fletcher, there was just not that fitness there. But then again, it's Wayne Rooney. Does he need to be? You know, if you think about him on his day, you know, at 16 years old when he was at Everton, you know, we had a bit of a... (laughs) This going to sound ridiculous now, I've even thought it. But we had a bit of a Barry Bannon about him. It was a bit of a Duracell bunny. He just kept going and going and going. And some of the balls he played were just incredible. But it's got to be said, some of the balls on Saturday, Dave, were just as pristine as you would imagine from Wayne Rooney. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's it's nice when you can have that. These, these top players do always... We're thinking about Rooney. I mean, obviously, you know, you're, he's not going to be the player that he once was. Otherwise, with no disrespect to Derby unnecessarily, he would still be playing his trade. And there's players that have played alongside Rooney that are, that are still playing on the shirt for, for much bigger clubs. Um, people like Ibrahimovic have got years on Rooney and played in the same teams and, and still getting um, offered contracts at bigger clubs and better leagues. But Rooney's still a good player, but we've got our own good players there that perhaps haven't scaled the heights that he has. Um, but it's nice when the odd Wednesday player does do something quite good. And again, harking back to last week, saying about how Bannon looked like he was, he was looking like he was playing for the first time in a long time, playing really well. I didn't see the Derby game apart from the highlights, so I don't know. I'll take your word for it that he was he was knocking some nice balls about, but um, I just worry about Bannon. Uh, no, I've got I've lost my train. I've lost my train. I thought, pal, you'll have to pick up for me there. <laughs> it <laughs> happens. <laughs> it happens. So another another performance, really. You know, we've we've talked about the result, and we've talked about you know we don't particularly. I think it's it's one of those things at the moment, and I find this a lot when. It, I've done this podcast for about six years now, something like that. 
And it gets to the point that you don't want to discuss the actual game because we've all been there. We all stormed out on Saturday afternoon. I went back to the pub at, I think it was about 80 minutes. I met my friend for a drink and it, we've all, we've done that now, you know. We're coming to the end of this week. Um, God knows when Fudge will edit this, so it could be next week by the time I get around to it. Um, but it, we've kind of, we were, it was a lacklustre performance. We couldn't be asked. We, we, we looked poor. Um, I think that's pretty fair sort of summing up. I'd challenge anyone who says otherwise. Um, but then if we're going to look at individual performances, uh, Ben, I'm going to come to you as the goalkeeping expert of the podcast. Cameron Dawson. Now, before we get on to last night, um, obviously we're recording this on Thursday. So last night against Man City, obviously Joe Wildsmith came in and we'll talk about that in a bit. But Cameron Dawson for you, if we disregard last night, was that maybe the point that Gary Monk should be looking at his place in the team? Um, Yeah, possibly. I mean... The Derby game, there were the second goal when Tom Lees has given it away. That was the second one, yeah. I think. Um, mm. it, it's probably one that he, I think he gets fingertips to it and he probably should, he'll feel like he could have done better. But it's not a, a glaring error or anything like that. I mean, I think if, I'm not arcing back to Westwood again, but if Westwood does the same thing, doesn't save it, I don't think people are are going to be coming out and, and making a point of him saying that he should be doing better. Um, but I think it is just an, an accumulation of sometimes glaring errors, sometimes just things where you think, yeah, he should, he should be doing better with that. Um, and that that's probably why, yeah, you've got to look at Wildsmith now. He's come back from what, what's been a, a bad injury layout. Has it been with his knee, I think? Um, I saw him on crutches about, I think yeah. it was the end of last season, he looked in a bad way. Yeah. So um, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, whether it was ACL or whatever. But yeah, and then going on to the Man City game, he didn't really put too much of a foot wrong except for, except for the goal, which, you know, you've got to say then, if Dawson does the same thing, he's probably going to be criticised. But what he, Wildsmith made some superb saves. Um, from what I've heard, his his kicking were far better than what Dawson's has been. Um, and Westwoods, when, and Westwoods, of course, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and, and there was that save from the uh, the Mendy strike that he's, he got faintest touches right, onto the hold bar. Hold on, you're getting but, a bit too excited here. We're still talking about the shit yeah. show that was Derby. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves, Ben. You've got to live through the dark times to get to the bright times. <laughs> this is what it's like to be a Sheffield Wednesday fan. So I think with Dawson in that game uh, against Derby, um, with the way that first goal went in, anybody, even with loads and loads of league experience, to have such a heavily deflected goal where there's nothing that anyone could realistically do about it, it does get your head yeah. down, I think, a little bit. So I don't it think Dawson's does. to blame for that. And then that second does, goal that Lawrence also... scored... That's something that I really want to put to Ben from like a playing perspective. Obviously, we talk a lot about strikers with confidence. Um, and that seems to be, you know, we don't really talk about it with, we sometimes mention it in there with Kieran Lee when he's come back from like a broken skeleton to coming back to play it again. And we say, oh, it's a confidence thing. And Barry Bannon after Wembley, we said it was a confidence thing. But outside players, it tends to just be strikers that we talk about confidence and goal scoring and, 
I think Jordan Rhodes' middle name is no confidence because that seems to be the excuse throughout his Sheffield Wednesday career. But then if you look at a goalkeeper, um, are you are you sort of, I don't know your background before Sheffield FC and wherever you are now, is it Hamsworth? But yeah. is there is there something that's drilled into you about confidence and about, you know, not taking all the flack for these things? Or is it something that Dawson and Westwood and, you know, and Wildsmith, but in particular Dawson in this moment in time, is that something that he will take home with him? Is that something that will be affecting him? Or is it something that he kind of trained psychologically to kind of get over? Um, I think as a goalkeeper, you are used to being on your own. You're isolated and what one mistake and you are on your own. You've got nobody sort of to back you up or hide behind as a striker, midfielder or even a defender a lot of the time as. So, yeah, it's, I've had it before. You you, you have a, a bad run of form and I, I play in front of 40, 50 people. He's playing in front of 23,000 or whatever most weeks, which makes a huge difference. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember the actual game. It might have been the Millwall game. I think it was a Millwall game. when. I th- it, there were two or three occasions where Dawson's got the ball in his hands and he's maybe got either a Harris or a Forestieri or a Murphy up on their own. And the whole of the cop, he's got 4,000 people behind him going, kick it, get it forward, get it forward. Yeah. And it, it, if if that's me and I've got a manager and a couple of players and maybe someone on the sideline doing it, you think, I'd better do it. He's got 4,000 people behind him. He's going to do it and he's probably going to get it wrong because he's rushing it. So that that's where he's got to be. He, he has to be mm-hmm. mentally stronger, which I think he, he, he has done. Um, he has become a lot lot tougher um, mentally over the last 18 months with with the stick he's got. He's only going to be, become stronger. Otherwise, it, it either makes him or breaks him. And on the whole, I think it, it's made him a lot more than breaking him. But... <laughs> Since signing this new contract, I'm not saying he's become complacent or anything because it doesn't seem like that type of character that's going to get a new contract and think, oh, my job's done. But mistakes seem to have crept in from two days after the QPR game. That I think there were a couple of days after he signed this new contract. And he made that first big error and it seems to have stemmed from that again. Before that, it looked... Like he will go be as number one for for months, weeks, then, months on end. Then can he flip that on its head? Okay, so I, I'm getting like really nitty gritty here, and he's got no <laughs> right to reply. Like, I mean, he can if he wants to ring up and come on. He can, I'm sure. He won't be allowed, but he could. But if mm. we're talking about it from a goalkeeping point of view, obviously he's got that new contract, and he's a young lad. He's a Sheffield Wednesday fan. You know, he's just been handed, let's be honest, a ton of money that nobody would ever expect in their lifetime. Um, and he's he's probably, you know, he's been able to go out and buy a car at a young age, go and buy a house at a young age, all these things that, you know, you have to, most people graft until they're in the 30s to do now. So he's got all that. So does the complacency come in? And then he slips up a bit and then the confidence just drops completely because he realises that that's the mistake he's made. And I think the the other pressure is, you know, it's his boyhood club and he's got friends in the crowd. He's got, you know, yeah. he's playing with, mm. in theory, his heroes. I'm sure he'll have been at Wembley with us, you know, watching Forestieri. Now he's playing with Forestieri and Bannon and whoever else. And that surely has got to be a huge 
there's no other word for it, but head fuck for the kid. Like, it really has, surely. <laughs> yeah, but you, you've got, as a professional, you've got to make that step up and, and just deal with it, really. There's no other way around it. it yeah. You've got yourself to that position, so you, you, you've, just, you've just got to just roll with it, really. Um, <laughs> other than that, I would probably... I know I'm think, thinking ahead again, but with with Wild Smith's performance, m- maybe you do give Dawson a couple of games just to maybe just work, work and work and work on the training ground and just put things right a bit. Whereas things haven't necessarily gone right for him over the last few weeks. I think one thing that you know we talk about, we talked about off air tonight before we started recording, and it's you know it's a big topic at the moment for probably all the wrong reasons, sadly. But, you know, when you look at mental health and especially with footballers and, you know, we've said he's a young kid, he's, well, he's in his 20s, he's a young lad to me, he could be my son. Um, he's he's out there, he's in front of, like we said, 20,000 people each week. Do we not just tell him to just go on holiday for a week somewhere, relax, or just send him to a spa or just, you know, something, it sounds so stupid, but just something just to... Get that crap out of his head and just actually yeah, spend that. some time getting back to where he should be. Because yeah. I think it needs somebody. And obviously, we've got Lee Bullen in the football club. And I, I know him from when, you know, my ex was a young kid at the at the training ground. And Bullen really, really looked after him. And I think, does it need a Lee Bullen to step in and go, do you know what, lad? Like, go away for a week, get yourself off to the Maldives or somewhere where you're not with other people who are going to recognise you, somewhere you can have your own little villa, you can more than afford it. Do we, do we need to give that sort of mental health break to players at that age? Possibly. I don't, I don't think he's being all that bad. I think it's it's similar to what Jordan Pickford is going through at the moment. And I know he's at a, a much higher level, but a lot of the things it's more... Yeah, he could have done better. He should have done better with that, rather than it's a glaring error that's led to a goal. Except for maybe you know the QPR one, and um, Barnsley, of course. Yeah, couldn't think of it then. Um, other than that, it's, it has just been yeah. He probably could have and should have done better with it, rather than horrendous mistakes. So uh, yeah, I. I it could be a good idea just for him to just get away from it and everything and having Joe Wildsmith back could give us that sort of leeway. So, yeah, it, it could, could you, you work. Might think, it, it might you not. Think that, you got to think working along with like people like Nicky Weaver being there at the club. I mean, the, the, again, similar sort of thing to what you're saying there, Vic, about somebody that's got invested interest in the club, played for the club. Yeah, um, like a cool uncle that, rather than a father yeah. figure, isn't it? Yeah, you but you'd like to think that he's he, he can talk him through from the perspective of having been there, played for Wednesday. It means a lot having family and friends in the crowd and what have you, having made mistakes in his career. But you know, I get what you're saying with Bullen, but I suppose one of the benefits about us having an aging squad is you're going to have a lot of experience, and hopefully, if you've got characters with the right attitude, they can put an arm around him. So perhaps maybe not to to send him away to get to give him an actual break away from the, the, the setup, but enough to, to rally around him in that dressing room and give him that sort of we've all made we've all made a fuck up, we've all done this, we've all been the one responsible for a goal or a game or what have you, but um we've got your back 
it doesn't look like the players have turned on him because you'll see that obviously you'll see even with somebody like Bannon just as an example that he loves to bollock everybody on the park when he doesn't get the ball when he does get the ball but it's not quite right because he names Joey Pelipessi or whatever reason he decides to fall out here but it's it, you know I haven't seen Lees when he's been captain coming and bollocking Dawson I haven't seen Bannon when he's been captain coming and bollocking Dawson so hopefully there is a mentality in the team that when there is an individual mistake that either leads to a chance or an individual mistake that leads to a goal or even a game away, we ha- they aren't turning on each other on the pitch. And and I think that's a good thing. And, and hopefully, after uh, suggestions of, of factions, of, of splits in the team and all that, there is, there is that unity that we saw at 95th minute in the Charlton game. And that can help Dawson. Uh, and as, as Ben's saying, he, is, he hasn't made many massively glaring mistakes. Some of it's been interpretation. Could he have done better with that? So they'll hopefully all pull each other through and then get the other side of it stronger for it. And uh, and hopefully hopefully we'll, we'll see more to come from Dawson and even better. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think, do you know what, Dave, you really pointed out a really, really important thing about this team. Obviously, there's a lot of negativity around this club at the moment. And obviously we're talking, we're, we're not in the Man City game yet. So there was even more negativity on Saturday afternoon. Um, but yeah, the fact that, you know, we're not seeing, as you see every season, certain teams will fight amongst themselves on the pitch. We haven't seen that for, well, I can't remember the last time we saw that, to be honest. We've not seen that aggression between the team. We're still... As much as people are saying there is a dressing room split, we're not seeing people squaring up to each other. We're not seeing, you know, there have been some games that you watch opposition teams and and they will literally fight on the pitch. And that is one thing at Sheffield Wednesday that, you know, touch wood, we don't have at the moment. We seem to still have, even if it's holding on to the bare knuckles of unity, we do seem to have that between us, don't we? So, one quick... At times, I feel like we have missed something like that, though. I'm not saying players should be going around tearing lumps out of each other on the pitch, but yeah. some, with some of the performances that we've put in, especially at home, say the Derby game, the Reading game, um, the Blackburn game, sometimes you need your captain, to, which Tom Lee's probably isn't the best at doing and probably Bannon does more, is getting around people and saying, you've got to be better, you've got to do better, you've got to do this better. And sometimes you need that, and sometimes I feel that we've actually lacked somebody that actually shows some bit of a Roy Keane-esque aggression towards his own teammates just to try and fire people up. I was just coming on to that, to be fair. Yes, I 100% agree with you there. Obviously, um, we need to talk about Tom Lee's performance uh, against Derby, and obviously it's not a personal attack or whatever, but we do need to talk about it as a club captain, as our central defender, as one of our longest standing members of the team. But that was pretty bad. <laughs> I think that's a bit of an understatement. Um, you know, I think he would hold his hands up and say he didn't have a good game. Um, I think do we do we need to start? looking as a club to moving back towards a club captain and a team captain sort of role. So, um, God, it's a decade since I worked there. But then we had a club captain, that was Steve Watson. And then it went on to be Darren Purse a bit later on during my time there. And they were club captain. They did all of the shitty admin jobs of fining players, of 
doing the sort of one-to-one disciplinary things that you don't expect footballers to have to do, but they do. Um, and do do we need to look back towards that sort of model? Because Tom Lees has obviously got something there. He's an experienced pro. He seems quite a sensible guy. He seems to have his head screwed on, you know, from what we've seen in like different interviews and stuff. He's a nice family man. He he gets on with his job and he keeps his head down. Apart from, I think there was one awful video of him dancing in some sort of nightclub after the Brighton win. Mm. Other than that, we've never seen him falling out of Viper rooms on a Saturday night. We've never seen that. We've always just seen Tom Lee's being this sort of stand-up professional who goes home to his wife and kids and kind of keeps his head down, and which is great for a club captain. Now, I put it to you both, Liam Palmer, when he played as captain a few weeks ago, I personally thought he was outstanding because he shouted, he he took responsibility for his own mistakes, which, as we've mentioned earlier, Barry Bannon might not necessarily do all the time. Um, it, who who would you put in? Okay, so if you were going to keep Tom Lees as club captain, because absolutely, he's obviously doing something right there because we've said there's no fights on the pitch. The dressing room split seems to be just with a lot of players versus two players. Um, there doesn't seem to be anything really bad there. Who would you look at as a team captain, say, if Tom Lees wasn't going to be playing week in, week out? You can go first on that, Ben. Um, I'm going to go for a, a bit of a different one. I don't think you'd automat- automatically think of this one, but Morgan Fox, for me, just for what he's yep. come through, and for, for me, he's got the most heart in that team than any other player. I think he shows that week in, week out. I think he's he's got the respect of all the dressing room for what he's actually come through. And now, I think he's on the way to win player of the year. Because I don't know why he'd, he'd be winning it. Right. I, I, I would absolutely love him to win it, what he's come through. Because he got, he got sick from everybody, from me. After Luton game in the Cup, last only last season, possibly. Um, yeah, it were only last season. I say, I hope yep, he never you were not again. happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's come through all that, and he he re I showed it at the Leeds game. He's got so much heart for the club, for the fans, which is surprising after what we've actually given. Um, so that's why it'd be my choice. I think he, he he's quite a good leader on and probably off the pitch as well. Okay, Dave, over to you. Um, well. Firstly, I would totally agree with the, the with you, Vic, and the, the club captain for Tom Lees. It does look like that he has got a, a value in the team, this, and maybe in the club in general uh, on a bigger scale. Um, kudos to Ben, because I'd never even thought of Fox. Um, and I think, although you might on on on, on the surface think he's a, he's a little bit more of a sort of same as Tom Lees, you know, I, I'd forgot what game it was when it was him and Dawson going up to the fans and really. Giving it some and supporting, but yeah, you know, you, you do think the that, game. The, 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 yeah, that, that when you mentioned that, I was like, you know, that, that passion is there. There, there is, there is a voice in that guy. There's tenacity, there's professionalism. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's that, that's a that's a cracking shout. But with Palmer as well, when you mentioned that, there's nothing, there's nothing you could say negative to him. For me, my I would love to see those personality traits and characteristics 
in I like a, a captain in that position that I know that Bannon's playing that central midfield. I think it's a great place to see the game, to be able to help out your defence, uh, to be able to uh, link in with the attack um, and just to be at the centre of things, quite literally the centre of things. I think it's a great position to have uh, your captain at. But as much as Bannon's a, a great player, the temperament might sometimes be in question, the accountability might sometimes be a question. Um, so I can't pick a single individual. I'd like it to be in the centre of the park where Bannon's playing, showing some of that uh, link to the club, that history and that drive that you'll see for Palmer. Maybe some of that fantastic resilience that you get from Fox. So if you could kind of make some sort of creature that <laughs> matches all them people together, I'll take him as the captain. Do you know, we've... we've... <laughs> in, four, in four years' time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe about ten years' time. He's about twelve. Um, but <laughs> Rosie, mommy's busy. Sorry. Um, so, um, one of the things, though, that obviously I just asked there straight away: Would you stop Tom Lee's being the captain? Would you? Or would, like, am I completely in the wrong there? Would you still keep him as club and team captain? Like that isn't, you know, it's not. <laughs> it seems to be in the plans. Um. Obviously, we're talking about different options, but what if we just stuck with Leeds? Would you would you be happy with that, or are we going to see? Are we going to see now? Because obviously, um, I offer we're going to come on to the Man City game, but had a cracking game last night against Man City. He is by far one to watch in this team, as far as I can see. Do we do we see Leeds getting his game? getting his place every week. Obviously, Berner didn't have a great game last night. We'll come on to that in a minute again. But is it going to be a case that Tom Lees might be playing every week and therefore should be both? Um, no. I, I don't think you can really stick with him. I think that showed through in the Derby game that Monks took him off at half-time and you don't do that to somebody who was in your plans to be your club captain going forward. <laughs> You but in fairness, he'd really had an awful game and was getting yeah. so much stick. I'd want to go off at half time. Yeah, but just from Monk's point of view and what he said, probably post match in the derby game, it just felt like maybe Tom Lee's isn't the one that he's going to be looking at going forward. And for me, probably rightly so, because as we've said, I all for 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 the main part of this season has been flying at centre half. Um, Probably the one thing that Steve Bruce has actually done right is bring him into the club because he he, he could be a world beater as long as he remains consistent, which at times his concentrations lapse sometimes, but that's been pretty rare really this season. So going forward, I think the partnership probably will be Iofa and, and Borna. Um, whether them, if Tom Lees is to go at the end of the season which I think could be a possibility then you've got to look at bringing another two centre-halves in because Bates is obviously not even playing he's only on loan um, part of me <laughs> part, part of me thinks that letting Thornley go with a bit of an error no, probably won't turn out to be but as a defender I don't. I, I think he was probably the best out and out Defender at the club, probably not best ball playing defender, but I, I actually really rated him probably over Tom Lee's last season, if I'm honest. So for me, I'd be looking at strengthening, looking towards the summer, um, 
at centre back because we we'll go possibly be left with only two. So hmm, that'd be where I'd be looking at strengthen. I think uh, just to before we round this up, I think it's just really nice to say that you know the Morgan Fox situation. We we all had things to say about him, some more than others, and I really do think that he, as young kids are watching, so Man City last night which I keep saying we will come to. But I was sat with Simon, a friend of the show, fellow podcaster, sat with him and his little lad, Ethan, last night. And Ethan's friend, who I can't remember the name of, and I'm really sorry. But they are 11 and they are playing in sort of Sunday league teams. They're getting to know their craft. They're understanding football a bit more. And we were watching like when a ball went out from Mendy or whatever, and he took forever to take the throw in and it just dragged on and on and on. I think sometimes there's like an attitude with certain players. And Morgan Fox, for me, is a lot, he's a bit of a role model for kids. I think he has, and for all of us, really, he stood there with 20,000 people booing him for even, you know, falling over or making a bad pass. You know, he's get, he got so much stick. And now, like we've said, he's well on course to be player of the season because he didn't turn around and give it all that to the fans. He He's always been a consummate professional that he's come over. He's always clapped us off. Again, he's not one of these that you hear he's falling outside of nightclubs. He's not getting into fights. He's not getting banned from driving. All that crap that normally comes with being a professional footballer. Morgan Fox seems to kind of keep that to one side. And that seems to be a really good trait in him. So I think that's quite exciting. Anyway, we're going to move on from that shit heap of a weekend. And we're going to move into the week. So... One thing that happened was the player of the month vote. Um, and of course, Dave, do you want to talk to us about that? Um, I, I've, I only found out from us chatting beforehand who that was. That's be gone completely bypassed me. But I understand it's Jacob Murphy. Am I right in saying that? It is indeed. Yes, I think uh, given the fact of, and I think every single one of us would be uh, guilty of saying uh, he's not, he just not had a fantastic play. Well, he got the goal against Barnsley when he first started, but his performances have been indifferent um, at the time when he was really sort of struggling to, to make his, his mark in the team. That was when Harris was being a little bit more prolific on the other side. But of late, I think it's, it's, been, it's been justified. It's, it's, not, it's not the, the finished article. He's not uh, the world's greatest player He's a good player. I can understand why he's not getting into a Premier League team, but he's direct. Uh, it gives a, it, it gives a lot of driving runs. It's maybe a little bit predictable with what he does, a la Harris. Um, but he keeps getting away to it. He's got got himself a few goals, got himself a few assists, and to be honest, it's 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 fair play. We're, again, we're talking about Fox on a sort of a, on a longer duration, but Murphy's must have been hearing the groans and the moans and the tuts and the rolls of the eyes from the cop when he's been. You know, not at his best, but he's stuck by it. He's not really uh, let his head drop. He's uh, he's tried to keep working at his craft, and and fair play to him. You know, he des- I think he deserves that award. Well, he has, hasn't he? And you know, like we said, he's not. He hasn't by any means been our best player, but he's he has he's kept his head down and he's just carried on. And I think that's you know maybe maybe he looks at his brother and thinks, "Fucking hell, what am I doing at Sheffield Wednesday?" But you know, he's doing all right, isn't he, Ben? Yeah, I, I actually, I know I agree with what Dave said. He, he has gone through 
a spell of not playing up to up to his best standards, but especially this last month, I, I think. Well, I've seen he's he's thoroughly deserved player of the month. I think he's contributed enough for me to say, if possible, he'd be someone that I'd actually be willing to sign. Unlikely as it is, because of Newcastle paying thirteen million for him, and they go want a fair chunk of that for him to to be leaving leaving the club, but. <laughs> I, I know. Does, does that mean he's officially better than Jordan Rose? I, I just, just putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, look at February. I think he, he has been best of a, of a bad bunch, but I, I've liked what I've seen of him overall. Um, assist wise, he's chipped in with assists. He's his second highest goal scorer, I, I believe. I think that's right. So, I, I, as I've said, I'd be willing to sign him. Um, come the summer because we've brought in the crews who, from what I've seen, not brilliant. We and then only other options really out wide is is sort of lone player. I know Windass and more down the middle, but he he'd be your only maybe other option. So yeah, I, I'd be willing to sign him. I think he's done all right overall. It is a cost thing there, though, isn't it? Because we're forgetting a certain yeah, Adam Reach yeah, exactly. that was, you know, five million um, and was a record signing before we signed Jordan Rhodes. Um, so obviously, that sort of money, you know, if if Newcastle said, "All right, you can have him for eight million, I, I, d- I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't see that. No. Um, I can't no. see us signing him for anything above one and a half, two. I, I genuinely no. don't. I don't see that happening. But you know. Newcastle are a team that, you know, they've got some knobhead in charge who seems to know his football, unfortunately. And they may well just make a loss. You know, we've done that. <laughs> We're still not doing that with Jordan Rhodes. But we, we've we done that in the past. We've we've cut our losses. You know, sometimes it's worked out with Lucas Yao where we've made far too much money on him. But sometimes, you know, it doesn't work out. So maybe, maybe, yeah, that's possibly we could look at signing him. So then, moving on, we're coming closer to last night. I want to, I want to keep us in the negative mode for a bit longer and just, just festering around this sort of angst at the club. Um, but then bringing it up a little bit. So we had a bit of a positive uh, last week where the club brought out a really, really great initiative. And I am not going to let the cynical side of me talk about this at all. I'll, I'll probably put it over today because. You you know what this means to kids and you understand this. Obviously, Ben and I are just children ourselves. Of, um, but, <laughs> but so the club launched this initiative where you could put your kid's name into a hat and they did a live like FA Cup match draw on Facebook. And I sat and watched the thing. I've got no children that I know were in that draw at all, apart from my cousin's son, who wasn't pulled out of the hat. So, but that was... You're not in the 300 numbers then, no? <laughs> yes, probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was just... Did you watch that, Dave? Because I, I watched a lot of it, but I'm not going to lie, I wasn't that interested. So it was just kind of like on while I was on my lunch. But that was such Aye. a great initiative and it just seemed like it was just the club having a bit of a giggle about stuff. But obviously, they got yeah. Dan Walker off of the BBC and Eddie's best friend on. They got um, Forestieri and Cameron Dawson, who are obviously, for young kids, are the two big names in the squad. Um, 
that and Fletcher, really. You know, as as a child, you remember those sort of players, don't you? So, uh, what do you think to that? Do you think the club did the right thing there? Do you think there was a bit of controversy with the fact that any child who was picked had to have a full kit, which is about hundred quid? Mm. Um, but as an option, that was a really great idea, wasn't it? Uh, do you know something? Vic? We've been we've been failing on this, I think, for for a long time. Where whether it's going to um, Mr. Chancery's view of the club, how he wants to control, what have him, without getting hung up on that, but for a bit of positive PR, for something that's easy, an easy win, it looks great, it's fun, it's it connects with the fans who must feel disconnected, like you say, uh, costs up, uh, all sorts of issues with taking, even yourself for the match, but if you start paying for season tickets for kids and things like that, it's, it's not a cheap sport. Um, and we're not doing a lot to to help over the the last few years, but to do something where it's you know it's it's a bit of a giggle and a bit of fun. There's a man there that's on the telly that kids will recognise. Um, There's it, a couple of wins, you know, for the actual draw itself, and it's kind of tongue in cheek. Um, it's worth watching back even now, even though it's after the match. I'm sure it's still on YouTube now. Just even watching that um, that sort of banter, that sort of. Uh, to and fro between Cameron Dawson and Forrest Dieri. Forrest Dieri just looks like he's, he, he, he looks like you'd imagine he's when he's, when he's playing with that smile I mean, he, he is eight at heart, isn't he, Forrest Dieri? Yeah, I think he is. He's, he's the, the height of an eight-year-old. <laughs> he's got the attitude of an eight-year-old. Um, his, his English is better than my Spanish, but that's about it. But he just seemed to be enjoying it. They were messing about, but it connects to fans and it connects to fans with the club. And it just makes people realise that it is. It's a community. It's a family, and it should be that. And it, and we we didn't we we'd not had good performances uh, for weeks and months beforehand. We were pro- we were always likely to get beat by by Man City, but we created this thing. We've got we've got players uh, involved with um, directly you know linked with the uh, with the kids' names. Albeit Dan Walker was reading the names out, but it was just nice to see. And it's an easy win. And thumbs up to Wednesday. And what our Lord say is right again. Look for more opportunities to do this. Look for more opportunities to get your players and your fans connected. And if you can get it through the kids or fans, then that's that's always gonna it's always gonna be a good thing. And and more of that, please, Jeffy Wednesday. I, I come at this from a very yeah, and I I come at it. Sorry, Ben, I come at it from a very boring marketing manager perspective. So <laughs> if you have a page on Facebook, right? If you go live with a video, that notifies the majority of the people that like your page. And I'm sure we all get it on a Thursday afternoon or Thursday morning sometimes. Gary Monk is live with his pre-match press conference and it pops up on your phone and you think, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, you just, you, it's normally Thursday lunchtime and you think, I've got better things to do on a Thursday lunchtime. But do you know what? The amount of people that will have clicked on that link and sat and watched the whole thing because it was such a feel-good situation to be in it was like you were sat waiting for your own name to come out I was like oh my god can you imagine if they picked me out of the hat I hadn't entered it like that would be weird I'm 31 but there was just something about that wasn't there it just gave it this sort of it you know some some people on social media have called it Tim Pot from other clubs in this region um but for me I thought that was a really really good opportunity for the club it those 22 kids that ran out that night with you know, not just their Sheffield Wednesday heroes, but they ran out with Aguero. They ran out with Silva. They, you know, they were out with Jesus. They, they did that. Mares, whoever. 
And that, John Stones, if you want to go really depressing. <laughs> but they, they ran out with those players. And that, for me, would stick with me forever. Ben, you're a lot closer to this kind of memory of being a child and liking football. I, I tend to forget <laughs> things since I was about 10 and everything went to shit. Would that, would that have meant the world to you? Were you ever a master? Yeah, I, I was. Um, it were... I might even remember the date, yeah. I think it was 22nd of November 2008. We had Coventry <laughs> at home and Clinton Brilliant. Morrison scored a dive. It was 1-0 Clinton Morrison scored a diving header for Coventry. Yes. Do you I remember, remember that one? Clinton scoring that goal. I do. I think I was working uh, back shift that night. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Westwood were in goal for Coventry as well, actually, that day. Um, but, but yeah, like the whole draw, it was like, as you've said, there was nobody you really knew in it. Obviously, none of us were in it, but it still felt like that nervous excitement of like a third round, like proper draw. That, that's what I got out of it anyway. Um, it was brilliant how, it, like, as we've said, how it were all done. Um, Forestier is picking 300s out and then put, putting them back in and picking other numbers out. Um, I just thought it were hilarious and it's something that I think the club's missed out on since they used to do the... Um, just have two or three players, you know, in the in the club shop, just on an afternoon for pe- for yeah. young, young people to meet them. And they haven't done that for maybe three or four years now, maybe even five years. And I used to love love doing that as sort of a eleven, twelve year old, actually getting to meet the players. Which it it doesn't really take that much for the players to do and for the club to organise it, but it means so much to the fans and. Something like this, as we've as we've already said, it, it does mean so much. And I know when I were a mascot, everything about the day does stick with you um, forever. I, I, everything you do, walking it, going out with the players. I went out with um, Richard Wood. I walked out. With. I think I was the first. I remember being first one out the tunnel. You remember everything about it, which is it, which is brilliant as a kid, and especially. I mean, I was walking out with Coventry players, with Scott, Dan and Clinton Morrison. I mean, lucky sods that got into this one. As we said, we're walking out with Aguero, Jesus, both Silvers, Rodri, the full, pretty much full-strand City team, which just makes it even better, really. And the reactions as well. The reactions that the club posted um, on Twitter afterwards are all the kids when they find finding out they were it was, incredible. being picked out. Yeah, it was magical. I, I really, I thought it was brilliant. And at a time where everybody feels quite disillusioned with the club and what's going on, I thought it was something that just a bit of hope, a bit of brightness through it all. I think that's one thing that even, obviously, Ben, we talk about you as the youth of the podcast a lot, but, you know, for a lot of people over the age of probably 18, to see young kids getting so excited, you know, videos go viral every year, don't they, of dads, like, closing, putting their hands over the kids' eyes as they walk out into the south stand, and the kid sees the ground, and it's the best thing in the world, or you see something, I remember there was a lad who'd been on Jeremy Kyle before, who got cerebral palsy, and he got to become a mascot, and those kind of things make you go, do you know what, sod the politics, this is about my football club, and it kind of, as much as it was a PR move from the club, which means it's from the chairman, etc., and the PR people and whoever, it makes you kind of proud of your club again. And I think I hats off to whoever did that at Sheffield Wednesday because I really felt like a moment that we could all go, 
do you know what? This is probably going to be, um, we're going to come on to it in a second, but it's probably going to be a cricket score. It's probably going to be a match to forget. But these kids are going to have the best night of their lives. And I think that for us kind of makes it all, it kind of reminds you why you fell in love with the football club, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really did. I thought, as we said, just a great idea. So, we're going to come on to it now. We've talked about all the rest of the shit. Last night, we played Manchester City, the FA Cup holders at home, and we didn't get hammered. We didn't get battered. There was no cricket score. There was no sort of, it wasn't embarrassing. You know, it happened that we had Joe Wildsmith in net, who made some phenomenal saves. But had it not been for a blatantly offside goal from Aguero, you know, not even better than Fletcher, we we could have taken that to extra time, couldn't we? Are we are we pleased with that, Dave? Did you you watched it on the BBC? I assume. Yeah. Did you yeah, did yeah, you uh, feel that was a good performance? It was as a performance goes in any by any stretch of the imagination. It's a good performance when you can play against a team with that many good players in it, irrespective of whether they are taking it as seriously as we are as as a team as fans. We went out and we acquitted ourselves well, particularly given how we've played recently. Now, I'm not going to get too hung up on um, seeing how amazing and fantastic it was when we lost the football match. We need to still focus on the fact that we lost it. But we, I thought we set up well. I thought we defended um, for large parts well for most of the defence. Wildsmith has came in after 18 months out from a first-team match and has acquitted himself really, really well. Um, we... We when we did break forward, okay, we didn't have numbers pushing forward. That was understandable. It was clearly a tactic, um, because um, obviously not being able to get to the game, I had the uh, unfortunate situation of having to deal with Martin Keown, oh, t- as I'm sure many uh, listeners uh, will. will uh, you know what? I've got all the I've got to get off my chest. To commentate. <laughs> oh, go on, I'll, then. Uh, have I'll a rant. Go for it, Mister. Just what? I mean, I, I would. Obviously, I, I, I had a game, and then you come back and you start watching it, and you, you know you sort of half watch it, you know the result and everything, you're just waiting for for the main bits to come on, and then you hear, well, Don my offer's coming and done well, Don, but Don my offer haven't featured much this season. I, I went, you look up here, what's he on about? <laughs> I mean, so I had to look, and he's played thirty-one games of the thirty-six championship games this season. He's played 35 games in all competitions. And then he carries on. And it's second half, second half, Stephen Fletcher comes on. Oh, uh, Stephen Fletcher's coming out. Well, he's got a point to prove. He, he got 12 league goals before Christmas, but he's only got one since. He's only played two games. Scored in one of them. It, on, it, it just shows how out of touch and really how much... The, like, do you call him a big wig? No, not really. But how much like the big wigs of broadcasting actually care that much about anything below the Premier League? I mean, j- just do it. We had exactly the same situation. We had exactly the same situation when Lawrence was co-commentating on the game against Ka- um, Swansea when we uh, was it the yeah. third round yeah. when Carvajal switched, mm. switched and Lawrence came on and he was spouting the same ill-informed shit. Where because they've not even been given a side of A4 to read before the game, they're literally trying to do it on the hook. Yeah. 
and they're trying to come up with statistics and facts. And it's like, if you're going to go and look at a match the night before, have a little look at, no, just dig, dig a bit deeper because you're going to make yourself look like an absolute fanny. <laughs> Which in Keown's case and Lawrence's case suits them. You, you, you don't even need to dig that deep to not say Dom Ioff have not played much this season. Stephen Fletcher's got a point. This is true. Type in Dom Ioff <laughs> and go into Wikipedia. <laughs> it, it really wound me up, as you may have realised. I think, I think as well, obviously, Dave, you'll have, you'll have seen this shit with me, but I hate Martin Keown for what he did to Sheffield mm. Wednesday. I still blame him for everything that happened. I still blame him. And I think to just, for the absolute audacity of a broadcasting corporation to choose him to commentate on that game, just who on earth is he for that? Like, why? What relevance mm. does he have to that game, apart from being a complete prick? Like, there's no need. Martin Lawrenson, get off, get in the bin. Like, no one needs mm. to hear from Martin Lawrenson. Um, it made me laugh last night. Um, after half time, Stevie's kids have been down. Uh, Stevie's kids, Simon's kids have been downstairs. Well, kid and his friend. Not he hasn't got two. Uh, they've been downstairs for a little walk around at half time. They came back up like, oh, we saw Martin Lawrence. Mark. And so I said to them, we went, did you get uh, Mark Lawrence? Sorry, Mark. <laughs> Mark Lawrence. I'll try to work that one out. See, we've seen him tonight. And, uh, oh, I'm just, I've had a long night. <laughs> So they said, oh, we've just seen Mark Lawrenson downstairs. And Simon went, did you get a photo? And he went, no. <laughs> like, How dare you even suggest such a thing, Dad? Of course we didn't. So even kids hate him. So it's fine. Children <laughs> hate Mark Lawrenson. That is okay. So going on to the, the performance, obviously the first like 20, 25 minutes or so, we looked bloody good, didn't we, Dave? I thought, we, yeah, I thought we did well. When you've got a game like that, again, particularly we we've been playing, it's that bad start. It's that first ten minutes where we've we've been it and we just spoil it, and we're then having to compete from that part onwards. It was disciplined. It was it was well drilled. It was it was defensive, right enough, but it was good. I've seen us play a lot worse, and my, if, my dad even texted me whilst it was on saying I've seen us play a lot worse. And, and for my dad to make any comment on anything to do with the football is, is quite something. Um, and for him to notice that we weren't playing crap and actually acknowledge that as well. But that's how many teams would have gone and um, been in awe of, of playing Man City? And understandably, because like you were saying earlier on with Rooney at Derby, these players haven't necessarily played with players of, the, of that ilk at Manchester City. You know, they haven't shared a pitch with Aguero, with Silver and what have you. And unfortunately, the only person that I saw that seemed to be playing like somebody who completely lost their head was Julian Berner. And of all the people who I thought would have been Mr. Carr, Mr. Sensible, Mr. German would have been the German. But he was drop he was sitting too deep, which is we saw against Wigan when he let Kiefer Moore in. He wasn't holding the line with Iorfa and Fox and Palmer. Then next minute he's charging up to the halfway line and then obviously they passing triangles round him. But with the exception of Borner, who's been a cracking player for Wednesday since we signed him I can't speak highly enough of him. He was the only one who seemed to just... He, ha he hadn't stepped up to the occasion. And you can see, I don't know whether he was injured or not, but I think he got pulled at half-time because he, just, he, was not, he was not on the same level. And we played well. Um, City are always going to win that game. And it was just always going to be a matter of time. But I think we set, we set up the way we should have done. And um, there was never a stage where had something just broke, a corner... 
Um, Hunt spawns the box late on for Fletcher. It was a crack, and it could have been. It could have been, um, but but it wasn't. But I'm pleased to see we played against a, a very very good team, and we we went about it in the right way for me. I'd agree. Again, I'd agree. I mean, I'm try, I'll try not to go back onto Keon, but he's it, it, saying Sheffield went went Sheffield Wednesday need to go and press higher and be more adventurous. Well, that's when you go and lose four, four, five, six, nil. Uh, we we did what we had to do. Then you get called naive. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we did what we had to do. I think. Well, the game plan was make sure that we're still in the game by seventy minutes, seventy five minutes, and then you know try and have a go. Which you know, in the end, we 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 didn't get that chance really. But <laughs> there's much better teams that have come off the pitch against City with. Uh, having played worse and come away losing four, five, and six by trying to be more adventurous. So I can't really blame us from trying to do a damage limitation job and try and maybe nick one to take it to extra time. <laughs> Anything below three, I think, would have been respectable last night with the run that we've been on, um, especially at home, with his own form being a, a lot worse than what we've been away. So, yeah, I I can't blame us really for how we how we've gone about it at all. Do you know what I said yesterday? We've obviously got our group WhatsApp chat, and I said, "Like, what am I doing, guys? I've just bought a ticket for tonight next to Simon last night, and I thought, why have I done this? That twenty five quid, what am I doing?" Um, but actually, I don't regret a single penny of that last night. I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed sitting with Simon. I enjoyed being in the grandstand, although my knees are killing me today because that is a lot of steps when you've got really bad knees at the moment. Um, and you're just recovering from pneumonia, going up 12 flights of stairs. Um, but it was it was a great game. I enjoyed it and I felt a bit of... I think I, went, I was on the radio before um, yesterday tea time, just before the game, and they asked me about... You know, it was uh, Kevin Preston's brother, Howard Pressman, was asking me all these questions and, you know, how likely are you to score a goal? And I said, well, we've got more chance with your brother up front. Um, And he was talking about, you know, the season so far, et cetera. And I was like, look, most of us, I said, I would go into this game tonight being more shocked to anything but the cricket score. So I came away from that thinking, do you know what? We didn't embarrass ourselves. You know, I've had, I've got a friend who's a Lincoln fan. I've got a friend who's an Arsenal fan who obviously texts me later on in the night when Spurs got fucked up, but that's a different story. Um, and there were, the, you know, there were so many friends that texted me and said, you aren't actually that bad. You, you defended really well against Man City. Most of them said, but who the hell is that centre half that you brought on at half time? Which obviously was Tom. I thought Lee. you were going to say, who the hell was that man in the snowman suit in the, in the oh, crowd? Oh, dear. <laughs> Why would you? Oh, Uncle Nobber. Why would you? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, have you met him, Ben? You must know by now that he's just a twat. So that would be my wonderful uncle was the knobhead in the snowman suit. Do you know suit. what I thought it was? Um, I'm pretty sure. We, we, Did you? It, yeah, yeah. We, we thought it was, but yeah. there, I, I couldn't I couldn't be that certain. But, but yeah. Yeah, that was Uncle <laughs> Alan. Our Harry will have been sat <laughs> So... My 
my little cousin Harry is on a Ben's friends from college and stuff and just growing up in like around where he lives and I can just imagine him in Liverpool watching that with like some mates at uni <laughs> just seeing his dad dressed as a snowman <laughs> on the on the car. <laughs> Not only that, but with his reading glasses on, looking like Delia Smith when she sends a text from the director's box. It was just humiliating, but you know, that's what Uncle Nabeds are for. <laughs> anyway, so going back to everything, it wasn't the end of the world. I think we played well. I think for me, if I if I'm gonna call out my standout performances, and obviously we'll go around the three of us, but I would say that Barry Bannon played very, very well. Um, he was blown out of his arse after 75 minutes, probably. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he embarrassed three City players. That is a clip that's gone viral over and over on the internet, which is wonderful. At the same time, it's a little bit offensive because it's like, why shouldn't a championship player who is classed as one of the best midfielders in the championship, or was, probably not so much now, but was classed as that, why wouldn't he embarrass three Man City players? Um, but obviously he did that. I think Morgan Fox was outstanding, but again, blown out of his arse after 75 minutes. Um, Dominic Iorfa, for me, was probably man of the match. Um, I think he, he worked so hard. He, he tried everything. Um, I thought Liam Palmer gave it a good go, but didn't have a chance really to get anywhere. Um, Pelopesi, shout out for the invisibility cloak for Pelopesi. Seven touches. You know, he hid himself very well. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. But he, he, yeah. As bad as he was for the touching and the, uh, for the touching for the touches and everything, <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different game. And um, as bad as the touches and all that sort of thing was, he he man marked very very well last night, and I think he didn't get enough credit for that. Um, however, my man of the match would have been Joe Wildsmith. I think he played an outstanding game last night. Um, he just, he shone. Some of those saves he made were the, the sort of saves you'd expect from England's number one. Um, he, he saved one with like his bum and his thigh. Like, and it was a, like a shot on goal from about six yards and he saved it. It was just incredible. Um, but my standout performance, I've got to say, and we'll go around David and Ben. Um, mine would be Alex Hunt. I thought he came on last night and he, absolutely grafted like you would expect any young kid any anyone really who was given the opportunity to play that game as a an apprentice if you like as somebody who's not necessarily reached that level yet I think he absolutely showed himself to be golden last night on the BBC in front of the country I thought he did fantastic uh Dave what do you think I can't disagree with anything you've said there Vic you've you've listed some top performers last night, some some really good uh, stepping up to the mark players. I'd got Hunt down as well on my paper because he, he came on probably uh, maybe hoping he was going to get 20 minutes, 15 minutes at the end of the game. He's had to come on earlier because of an injury to Kieran Lee, which I think sadly might be, if not his last, then one of his last performances. We'll probably see him in a Wednesday shirt if that groin is playing up. But he stepped up. He might look like a boy, but he played like a man. There was, a, I think, there was one particular thing I can remember where uh, I think Mares got down the left, put it in, and Lee's stopped it, blocked it, but it went loose, and all of a sudden you're Alex Hunt, you're in your own penalty area, the ball's loose, you're getting charged down by Man City players, and he just, just calmly, 
just cleared it. It wasn't anything spectacular. It wasn't like an amazing crossfield pass, but it was. He made a decision. He made it quick, and he made it right. And if you can start doing those sort of things, the lad's obviously got ability. Um, he's thought of a lot. It must be thought of a lot in the the club to be to be in there or there or thereabouts. And if Kieran Lee is no longer going to be with us next season, and if Pelle Pesce's contract's coming up and he's unlikely to get it renewed, if we can start blooding people like him who have got that level head um, and can make right decisions, then then brilliant. So, in fact, I'm going to reinforce what you say. I'm going to go for Hunt as well as, as my, my key man for that. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say Alex Hunt did, as we've said, that had a great game. Barry Bannon's somebody that's come out and said that he's he spotted him a few months ago as somebody that that can make a real name for himself in this division and perhaps beyond as that's, well. That's actually something, Ben. Can you elaborate on that? Because I only briefly read that today. I don't know if you've read more about that, but it was something like he got his yeah. agent to sign him yeah. or something. Um, I think it was a few months ago. Um Barry Bannon's come out and said that his um, agent had said, just asked him sort of on a whim, is there any young players that are coming through that you think could could um, go go higher, make a real name for themselves? And Bar- Barry Bannon's picked Alex Hunt out and got him signed up with his agent straight away. So there's that recognition from somebody who was, as, as we mentioned earlier, being one of the best midfielders in the championship. Still, still is really. For me, um, and that recognition to somebody who was, you know, nineteen years old, only played a handful of games for the first team. Most of them being off the bench, it is so is shows that he could really be a bright spark that we can maybe build a team around in years to come. Um, other than that, I I'd go back to the to the performance that Domayofa put in. I think he might, with the way Marshall Aguero for the most part of the game, probably the only exception being being the goal mainly. Um, I thought he were outstanding last night. Even when he gave the ball away, uh, there were one occasion where it looked like Aguero were in, and he just reached out with his long left leg and up the ball straight back off Aguero to Aguero's amazement. I don't think he's ever come up against anybody with legs like that. But um, so for me, overall, I also was man of the match, but. Alex Hunt definitely come on and impressed. Well, do you know what? It is nice to talk about something positive, isn't it? Even though, you know, it was a loss and we all accept that and that's fine. I don't think any of us went into that thinking we could even sneak a win, did we, really? It was it was always going to be a loss and that's fine. I think... You know, if we'd have been playing a team like West Ham or, you know, uh, another team in the in the Premiership that you think maybe there's an opportunity there. We we weren't. We were playing against Man City and we got to play them at home. You know, we played them twice in recent years. <coughs> and now we've we've kind of we've kind of matched up to them last night. Yeah, all right. We didn't we didn't attack a lot. We didn't. We didn't really have that opportunity, but we defended very, very well as a team, including strikers. We defended that very well. Uh, that could have easily been a cricket score. So let's end on a positive note. Does anyone have any other business? Only really the last trip to Griffin Park on Saturday, which is going to be a sad one because we've had some really good memories yeah. at Griffin Park, mainly 
Um, the promotion of season from League One, second to last game last away, getting that that was quite a special, special memory. Um, we've had more more since then as well. It'll, it's quite. I know Brentford have got to progress and to progress, the the really need to move away from from Griffin Park. But there's something about a terrace still in the Championship, and it will be. You know, it will be a bit sad to see that go and be replaced by a ground that doesn't really have the same character, I don't think, from the pictures I've seen of it. So, yeah, I'll, I'm... It doesn't, nah. but it's it's such a way forward for them, yeah, though, it isn't is. it? Yeah, it is. I think, they've got you to know, obviously, forward. it's a terrace ground with a, with a pub on every corner, yeah. which I know James and Fudge, everyone love... Um, and obviously, you know, we we have really good friends of the podcast in the Brentford fans with Billy, etc. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is going to be a bit weird as the last away game. But it, do you say you're going? Yeah, on, yeah, I'm going that? down. Yeah. So do you have a do you have a prediction for that game? Um, I'm fairly confident. I'm, mm, I, I, I'm fairly confident it'll probably come back to bite me as it keeps going back to bite all of us as soon as we said that we're. We seem to be improving and uh, and we're playing a bit better, but mm, I'll go two one Wednesday. Ooh, mm. what about you, Dave? Uh, well, I had looked before I came on. Brentford aren't in the best form. I think they've in the last five they've had four draws and a defeat, uh, but they are still sat in fifth in the league. So um, maybe they're suffering the same problem that we're having. Um, but I'm going to go for nil nil. Yeah, I think I, I probably agree with Ben. I think I'll probably go 2-1 on Wednesday, um, but I think it will be a very, very tough game. Um, but yeah, obviously, it's quite, it is quite a big moment. You know, when there are, there are grounds that you just... Brentford, for me, is always one that if I can go to, I will. And it just feels a bit odd that you'll you'll not go there yeah. again. I remember going there, God, how many years ago when Owusu played for them and still threw up. Um, at the side of the pitch, it was just was that Brentford? It was Brentford, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, bit a bit odd to think that that's not going to be there anymore. But you know that happens with West Ham, that happened with Man City. You know, it it shit happens. But yeah, it's one of those grounds that just kind of means something as a football fan. You kind of feel something when you go in there. Um, so yeah. Anyway, guys, I think do you know what? I think we've kept that relatively positive, considering. Um, I think a one nil defeat to Man City is what we need every week. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> what more do you want? So, Dave, if anyone wants to follow you on Twitter, how can they get hold of you? Yeah, they can find me on Twitter at Monty Dangerous. And Ben, uh, ben underscore. Woody. Do you know this I've one? Got yet? It up. I've got it up. You say I have to get it up every week. Ben underscore Woody twenty three. Steady on. Aye aye. okay and if you want to follow me i'm victoria1867 if you want to follow the podcast that's tww cast um and if you want to go to our website it's thewednesdayweek.co.uk thank you for listening and we will see you real soon keep up to date with the wednesday week on twitter at TWWcast or on our website thewednesdayweek.co.uk It's the 90th minute. 
You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget share boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.